0: Welcome to the Monday Morning Phone Call Podcast. Every preacher knows when they're teetering on the edge of a topic that will result in receiving a phone call on Monday morning. Instead of backing away, this podcast exists to work through these polarizing ideas and spark conversation.
1: In each episode, we'll be covering a different topic that hopefully we'll be able to address with more nuance and depth than we might be able to in a weekend service. We'd love for this platform to be the start of the conversation, and hopefully it sparks more in-depth dialogue with your friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors.
0: Hi. We're the hosts of this show, I'm Paul Joslin,
1: And I'm Alyssa Frisbee. This season on the Monday Morning Phone Call Podcast is all about fear. We live in a fear-driven society and it is the motivation to so many of our decisions. Why is that? As people of faith, we are told 365 times, a time for each day of the year, throughout scripture to fear not, and yet it secretly grabs a foothold in our life.
0: Today, our final episode of this season based on fear, we're discussing an epidemic, not of COVID necessarily, but of loneliness. It's known that more and more Americans are feeling lonely, and that was before we were told to socially distance and lock down within our own households. If we take a look inside, this epidemic affects all of us. Most of us either find ourselves feeling lonely or living in a way to try and protect ourselves from feeling lonely. So how do we escape from this cycle, and how did Jesus confront this during his time on earth? Today, we invited Beth DeWeese onto the podcast to talk with us about this topic. She's a longtime Waterstone attender, and she has her PhD in psychology from Rosemead School of Psychology at Biola. She owns her own private practice and is an expert in depression, anxiety, and the topic we're talking about today, loneliness. Let's dive in. Alright, so Alyssa, this podcast is on loneliness, and uh, I'm just going to let you know it's going to start in a weird place, because I have to tell you a story about what happened to me this weekend, where I was taken back to a place of loneliness. So I
1: can't wait. Yeah,
0: I was mowing my lawn... um, Hooray for me. And I turned on Blink 182 radio on Spotify. I was like, oh, I'll just listen to some music. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that as I was mowing my lawn, it it kind of came to me that the music I was listening to was the music I listened to in high school. And I just thought this is a low, like I've reached that stage of fatherhood and and being a dad (laughs) that I'm now mowing my lawn to music I listened to in high school. It got lower when Iris by Goo Goo Dolls oh, came yeah. on and I was suddenly a 13-year-old boy again mm-hmm. who had been broken up with and just, for those who don't know the song, the words to the, the chorus are, I don't want the world to see me because <laughs> I can't even say what laughing <laughs> because I don't think that they'd understand when everything's made to be broken, I just want you to know who I am. And all Aww. of a sudden, I was just in this little spot of like, wow, that's what I listened to when I was so lonely." as a teenager and it was a very weird morning for me so my question to you is have you ever had one of those moments um,
1: um okay let me process what you just said yeah, for a second. there's a lot
0: there I know um, I know
1: wow okay yeah. that's I mean I think when you're all we all feel that way we're 13 so I just want to validate right that
0: yeah. um a little weird when you're 33 exactly
1: but. but at least um you have property now <laughs> So That's like right. you're, you're an I adult did.
0: and I need to clarify, I wasn't wearing white tennis shoes while I was mowing. Mm-hmm. I was not wearing jean shorts and I did have my shirt on. So there was, there's still some dignity that I think I can hang on to. Just give it to. a few years. Oh man, I hope they not. They start
1: looking, those new balance start looking really good here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I also, okay. I, you, you've brought me back. Um, I would say my high school breakup song. Oh, gosh, my mom's gonna be mad at me. Um, was called Almost Lover by okay. a free, uh, a fine frenzy. It was the oh. free song on a Tuesday on iTunes. Um, <laughs> if you guys remember Love that, when there were
0: free songs yeah, on iTunes every Tuesday, yeah. and you
1: would like be so excited because the song was 99 cents, right? But, but that's as a fine, <laughs> exactly. That's like three dollars now. <laughs> um, and it was my high school boyfriend and, and my breakup song. Okay.
0: Um, Bye. I would what, also what like, what was your boyfriend's name? um sorry this is (laughs) (laughs) real
1: he probably um yeah he he might listen to the podcast we don't know Uh, but apparently he did used to have a crush on Kaylee Buxton who was our first guest yeah Yeah, we found that out a few weeks ago wow um so in an alternate world, world she could have been listening to this song when they broke up <laughs> at the up,
0: same time uh
1: which is weird um can you just
0: tell me something because i don't know that i off the top of my head i'm familiar with this song that's
1: that's f- that's fair um <laughs> so this is the bridge okay. and i would say that this was what that's, really impacted what spoke me. spoke to you um and yeah uh i cannot go to the ocean i cannot drive the streets at night i cannot wake up in the morning without you on my mind uh, so Ooh. now you're gone and I'm haunted, and I bet you are just fine. <laughs> Did I make it that easy for you to walk in and out of my life? Wow. Yeah. Um. I don't live near the ocean. Um,
0: <laughs> you know, we live in Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: I, I, it. Yeah, I remember driving at night and waking up, and so. I don't know why, but I really felt it. I mean,
0: you can't control what your little heart resonates with when you're 13. There's a lot of emotions, a lot of hormones, a lot of things are happening. I don't think I could even drive then.
1: So point is, is that really... When I listen to that song, I am taken back, back to, to place. A, a lonely, a lonely yeah. teen that like I will never find
0: love. And I yeah. don't know if there is a more lonely person than like a thirteen-year-old right. who's been broken up with. That right. just feels if you're like listening, it gets better. It's gonna be
1: okay. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. Yeah.
0: yeah it's it's Okay, so um, <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that, but we've both experienced loneliness. Yep. That's the topic Everyone uh, today. Has. Everyone has, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the point. It's this universal experience that we all have stories uh, of moments or seasons that we have mm-hmm. felt uh, this like kind of deep seated loneliness in, in our souls. And so we have invited on Beth Deweese to uh, help talk us through this today. Um, Beth is a therapist, um, and she's done a lot of research and work in the realm of loneliness. Loneliness. Beth, could you just tell us kind of starting off a little bit about um, some of your work and and why this is an important topic for you?
2: Sure. Well, I work um, solely with 13-year-olds who are going through breakups. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Saturday. You are finally going to help us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think loneliness, like you said, Paul, is this universal experience. And so... Um, and I think, especially in the last year or so, but I think it's mm. become become a huge issue in the last probably twenty years. That there's been more and more research on it. Um, there have been groups around, like for lonely people, yeah. co- uh, support groups. It's a yeah, it's a big.
0: Yeah, and correct issue. me if I'm wrong, but th- I think there there's they've talked about the actual um this these kind of studies that it's a, a loneliness epidemic is kind of yeah. the the word that they use that so many people are experiencing this in, in so many different ways that mm-hmm. they're finding a lot of people Feel is and it has a drastic implications for their lives and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, tell us a little bit more about some of that research and, and things that that you've kind of seen, and um,
1: and also maybe your teen breakup song. So you are uh, on our level now. That feels important because <laughs> you're not our your therapist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Starts your, with yeah. vulnerability, <laughs> self disclosure.
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, I actually did grow up on the coast, and um, oh. as I was thinking about this. <laughs> These are my memories, like playing Coast 103.5 FM on my alarm clock because I am older. um,
0: (laughs) Oh, I listened to the radio on my alarm clock too. Did you? Okay. (laughs)
2: Um, It did not have like a CD player in it either. Um, So Coast 103.5 was like the love song, ballad, soft tunes
0: gotcha. stations.
2: So inevitably there would be some sad song on there. I don't have one in particular. But
0: That's fair. But we all yeah. can can take ourselves back mm-hmm. to that place. Yeah. We've experienced that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that um, with this idea of loneliness that that struck me was I read that loneliness has been connected to a shortening of life compared to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That statistic kind of blew my mind. Because if all of mm-hmm. these people are walking around with this uh, this feeling of loneliness, this kind of epidemic, this... Um and it has that type of a negative effect. We're not talking about it the same way we, we try to caution people away from, from cigarettes. And so mm-hmm. do you know very much about why loneliness has such a negative effect on our health and, and our well-being?
2: Yeah, I think – I don't. I mean, I don't know that anyone knows exactly why, but I some of the speculation is that it, research has very well um, defined that our bodies – are impacted by our emotions, Mm. They're not as separate as we would love to Mm. believe they are. And so we weren't really created to be lonely Mm. and separate. We were created to be connected and interdependent with other people. And so when I think about that, it makes sense. Of course it impacts our health. Mm -hmm. If we are living in a state of loneliness, it's not just an emotion. I think it can be a state of being. And so... um, I think it can impact our our mental health, our physical health, our relationships, it impacts everything,
0: yeah, and that you know I think it's important to note that we are kind of at the cusp where it looks like we 're coming out of the pandemic, and mm-hmm. things are starting to to open up that 's when this is being recorded, and uh, that has been a huge issue, I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people have been concerned with over the last year that Uh, COVID-19 has created a lot of isolation for people and the lack of connectivity and and I would guess has heightened this this loneliness and stuff. So have you seen anything there? I know a lot of people have talked about it in various places, but anything you've seen along those lines?
2: Definitely. I mean, like from a more global perspective, the suicide rates are a thousand percent higher than they have been i mean they're way higher um during the pandemic specifically um i think also there is it's one thing to be alone it's and not connected it's another thing to kind of be forced to be alone Hmm. and disconnected and what feels like connection and there's research that shows this, too, like, w- social media can be a great connector and it can feel connecting, but it's short lived and it wears off and mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't really fulfill us like a real relationship would. Oh, and so if we're all in our homes kind of siloed and we're connecting over social media more or we're spending more time just not connected, it, I think it has this exponential impact on us.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I'm just thinking back to like the beginning of the pandemic yeah. when we had so much shift to Zoom. Mm-hmm. It's a very different environment and you're still connected. You're talking, you're seeing people face to face, but it is such a different environment and vibe than when you're meeting in a room talking face to face and mm-hmm. brushing shoulders and laughing like it. And I could totally see how some of those things being taken away and, and shifted away from us could lead to some of, some of those statistics that you're talking about.
2: Yeah, it's interesting too, like on Zoom, what's the classic experience? We talk about like uh, I'm not wearing any pants or I'm wearing my pajamas. I'm only dressed <laughs> right. from the neck you know, from not the neck up, from the from the waist <laughs> up. And so it's like even there's like this implied hiding. So yeah. we're like connecting but we're also like you don't know, something right. I know. So um so it's, it's way it's easier to
0: like scroll through Facebook or Twitter while you're on a Zoom meeting than <laughs> yep. in person. So not that I have done that, I've just heard <laughs> and seen.
1: Uh huh. Oh my goodness. Um. So, because we keep saying the word loneliness, um, and you know when you say a word a million times, you like forget what it means. Mm. Um. So I would love Beth for um, Doctor Deweese, you to define loneliness for us. Um. If there's anything, oh, like an actual definition. Yeah, if you want, or if just your thoughts of when you think of loneliness, what do you think of?
2: Uh, so what I think of as loneliness is that, it, if I were to talk about it as a feeling, which I think that's what it starts as, okay. um, it's the feeling of separation, hmm. feeling of being alone. Um, so that could be like, somebody doesn't understand me, or mm-hmm. um, I'm the only one that is experiencing this, or... Um, I mean there's lots of examples we can mm-hmm. think of probably in terms of why we would feel alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the cla- I think of the classic example of being alone when you're around a lot of people. yeah so yeah. it's like this like, when I think about when I have felt that way, it's like it's a shocking kind of jarring experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so isolating um, and it's really painful to to know it's like this I'm separate. I'm yeah, I'm not a part of is what I think of mm. as loneliness. There's probably an official definition that I don't that's have. That's wonderful. <laughs> Dash
1: Beth DeWeese. We just we just coined it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's the new definition. As you were talking, I think that when I think of personal experiences of loneliness, that's kind of the, the classic example. But I remember one of the times uh, a group of buddies and I, we get together every like other year to do a trip from all these guys that that hung out together in college, check up on each other, see how mm-hmm. things are going. I remember one of the, I think it was the second trip we went on, hanging out, hiking, doing all of this fun stuff. And it was one of the loneliest weekends. Mm. And I was surrounded by friends who are very close to me, know me very well. And yet the whole weekend was kind of permeated by this sense of loneliness and separation and not quite fitting in or, or belonging with that group. And, um, Yeah, it's really hard in the moment to kind of pinpoint, like, where is this coming from? Why is this Mm -hmm. happening? But um, I think a lot of us have have experienced that. So I I think that definition definitely resonates. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think all of us, we just talked about being angsty teens, feeling that (laughs) it feels definitely more vulnerable, I think, to talk about it as adults. Mm -hmm. Um, True. Right? So Dr. DeWeese, what do we do? What is the solution um, to loneliness? The solution is just don't be lonely.
0: <laughs> oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I promise should should we, I'm kidding. we just pray about it? Is it?
2: <laughs> just spiritually bypass all of that. Yeah. Um, so again, research would suggest that the antidote to loneliness is belonging. And so So belonging to mm. yourself, belonging to others, belonging to God um people talk about as like having my people Mm -hmm. um and that like that like sense of you know I'm not alone in this world Mm -hmm. um whether that's like people have my back or I can be whoever I want to be and I'm still accepted and loved and embraced Mm -hmm.
1: um yeah so that's that's really the solution but that's a lot of work yeah. To, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turns out all good things are, unfortunately. Yes. Um, so no, I think that those three areas are really helpful. So belonging to others, belonging to self, and belonging to God. Um, and I would love for us to just kind of unpack each of those, um, talk about what it looks like, and then how we navigate those areas and kind of do our work, as you said. Um, and then how the fear of loneliness plays into that. Because obviously this seizes and is on fear. Right. Um, and it would be silly if we didn't talk about that um so if can you define belong uh, belonging for us yeah
2: so the definition of true belonging so which we'll get to like what not true belonging mm-hmm. is as well but true belonging is defined as the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness
0: mm-hmm. wow. It's beautiful.
2: <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it
0: is. It is.
1: Yeah. But a lot?
2: It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Belonging to, you know, belonging so much that if you're showing up authentic, you're, doesn't matter
1: who's with you or who's mm-hmm. not. That's a high call.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, And that it's interesting that it is, it isn't just based off of other people, that it's based off of yourself feeling yeah. that, which obviously mm-hmm. we'll talk about, and that you can belong to yourself and it doesn't have to do with who you're around, right? That's right, yeah, and it's a practice. mm -hmm. Like it's something that you have
2: to practice. Mm -hmm. and it's your work
0: yeah i think that's helpful because it expands it so i think often when people think of loneliness they think traditionally of like i don't know anyone or i'm not but Mm -hmm. the solution is not actually just having more people it's this sense of of belonging self god and others that Mm -hmm. i I just love the expansion of that and i think it's a more holistic way of looking at it you spoke earlier about this uh, idea of loneliness um emotional physical like spiritual it has all of these ramifications Mm -hmm. and that definition to me, broadens it to that kind of idea of us being holistic people, that it affects every part of our being Mm -hmm. um, and relationship. So really beautiful.
2: I didn't come up with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We weren't going to tell. So what does not true, untrue belonging Mm -hmm. look like?
2: So that's what I would call trying to fit in, right? So Mm. whenever I think about fitting in, I just have the image of like, you know, like a 12, 13-year-old, as we were talking yeah. about middle school. Listening to
0: Irish by the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> yeah,
2: and like driving up. Like I just remember when my boys were in middle school, I would drive up, and you could tell in a second the yeah. people who were working real hard to fit in. Yeah. And, and and really, they all are. But, um, you know, it's like the, the right shoes mm. and the yeah. you know the right backpack and the hair and the phone even, like what model phone you have. Yeah. Um and that is not belonging. That is looking like your group so that you don't stand out. Mm-hmm. And and even like the kids that are on the fringe all look the same. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're popular or not. It's, yeah. you, you're, there's always this hustle to try to fit in. Mm-hmm. Because when you're 13, you have no sense of self yet. Like you're trying to f- figure it all out. And that's the only way to get some kind of comfort mm-hmm. is to at least look the part.
0: Yeah.
2: That doesn't, you know, that doesn't work, but... We all have done
1: it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it sounds exhausting, right? Like that <laughs> yeah. like that's work in, in the bad sense, right? Mm-hmm. That you're just hustling in your word. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think it's exhausting and I think it's hollow. Hmm. But but we but it's very easy to just keep doing that for a lifetime.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I, I think you maybe start to learn it at that like 12, mm-hmm. 13, yeah. 14, mm-hmm. but it, it never really goes away. Like mm-hmm. we all keep trying to, I mean, I think that's one of the uh, problems or the the um, difficulties of social media. Yeah. Things like Instagram, yeah. everyone is trying to project this image, this curated self to the world to say like, Hey, look at how great my life is. Look at how awesome my kids are. Look at the cool yeah. trips I get to go on. Mm-hmm. And when you scroll through that and you're like, I don't have that. You Mm -hmm. feel like you have to try to figure out how to create this self to fit that mold, that model. Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. Right. And you forget that actually they don't have it either. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Totally.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well said.
1: So belonging to others is kind of the first thing that you talked about. And I think oftentimes when we think of loneliness, we think of other people, right? That Mm -hmm. that's how we're going to fix it, which we just talked about. Um, So what does it look like to, belong to others or to to have done good work in the area
2: yeah so i think that's part of i don't well i know we'll get to this later too but i don't think we can belong well to others until we belong well to ourselves Mm -hmm. um because it's hard to show up vulnerably and authentically if we don't really know what that means Mm -hmm. and i think that is your your path to belonging and so um it's not as simple as finding a group that has the same interest as you have. Yeah. Um, that, I think that can help. I don't think that you ruled that out. I think that can certainly help. Um, and I th- so I think that's part of it. Is like, mm-hmm. It's okay to find people that are like you or that have a similar interest, and that can help with your sense of loneliness because you can connect. But I think you can only feel that belonging and experience that belonging in as much as you be- know yourself and belong mm-hmm. well. To yourself and can show up, and you know honestly in who you are. It's fair.
1: You are a therapist. <laughs> you sound like it, even <laughs> good. You've read some Brene Brown, you know. Maybe I don't know. Seems like it, anyway. Um, so we'll definitely talk about belonging to self. um But so say you're just you're great at that. You've got it. Mm-hmm. You figured it all out, even though you haven't heard it yet on the podcast. You already know. Um, so what? What next? after you've belonged to yourself so now you're trying to belong Mm -hmm, to others mm -hmm. what does that look like
2: yeah so I think um I think there's a million ways to navigate that Mm -hmm. you know like um what so I think about like if you walk into a church and you want to find where you fit um I think it's very common to go to your demographic Mm -hmm. right so if I walk you know when I walk into Waterstone I would find all the other overwhelmed adolescent moms, maybe, um, <laughs> who are wondering when it's going to end.
0: That, um, that's all of them, right? Yeah. As <laughs> a former youth pastor.
2: I mean, if we're being authentic, yes. yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think it requires this um, willingness to step outside of your comfort zone. Because mm. I think there are, and I have had them, there are times in life where you make this like kindred spirit connection with someone mm. and it's like, like, you've been friends forever right yeah. and those happen for sure mm-hmm. I think real relationships also take a lot of work friendships mm-hmm. marriages whatever um and so finding someone who is similar to you or there's like this this often like external connection like mm-hmm. oh our kids go to the same school or oh we're we're in the same fields or something mm-hmm. like that um but but to really belong is take, Like, that takes a while. That takes continually showing up and sharing not all the happy, great things. Or, yeah, it's it's when we start doing life more with people, I think, that Mm -hmm. we belong. But I also think there are times when we can belong for a while and then we don't belong anymore. You know, like, things can change, too. Mm -hmm. So...
0: As you were talking, I was thinking of you mentioned the church and coming into a church and you, and you find belonging. I think church is often one of the places that people struggle the most to find yeah. belonging. Yeah. I think it's one of the places we feel like we have to present mm-hmm. um, so much of a, a curated self and, you know, a sinless life or, a, you know, everything's all together. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was thinking is that the opposite of that is is like an invitation to vulnerability. And so what role does uh, vulnerability play in this belonging to others? And then how can maybe the church work on some of that so that we're not mm-hmm. the place that people have to pretend all the time mm-hmm. that they have it all together?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is a big question. Right? <laughs> That's why you're the talent.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> I love being the talent.
2: Um, so, Vulnerability is like the thing that we love in other people and hate in ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? Like we love it when somebody else is vulnerable. It it feels like death to be vulnerable.
1: Yeah,
2: it's like so scary, right? And so, um, so (laughs) scary. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. to to say like, oh, actually, um, you know, my kid uh, has a learning disability and. It's really hard mm-hmm. every day that they come home from school, you know, for oh, yeah. example, or, you know, I mean, that might be true in my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but you're so, it's so true because you have these these circumstances in life, and the fear is that if you're honest about them, then people will judge you for that. Yes. That you've done something wrong, or we, mm-hmm. we, so, yeah, we're mm-hmm. so good at attributing blame mm-hmm. um, or offering advice for the, uh-huh. <laughs> the <laughs> solutions to yeah. the problem we actually know nothing about. Uh-huh. Um, my daughter didn't sleep for the first like 18 months of her life, and the number of people who offered like these solutions are the things we were doing wrong was like, I, we've tried everything. If you don't believe we've tried, You guys um, did, <laughs> yeah. And it just, that was just mm-hmm. our look. Mm-hmm. And, and yet there's this effort to try to hide those things because we don't want to be judged or we, mm-hmm. vulnerability is this two way street and you're right. We hate it in ourselves, but long for it from others. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to kind of draw that out of people, but also mm-hmm. like create spaces where, yeah. That can be an experience.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, – I, and I, I like that you brought that up because I'm talking about vulnerability like, oh, you know, everyone loves it and other people, you mm-hmm. don't like doing it. But if, you know, if you do it, it's great and it's not always, right? Mm. Like if you mm-hmm. say – I don't know how vulnerable it was for you to say, my daughter's not sleeping in 18 months. She hasn't slept in 18 months. Um, but to get advice, it's like – Never again will mm-hmm. I yeah. tell anyone yeah. that my daughter is not sleeping. You know, like it shuts people down yeah. immediately, and so, um, and I think oftentimes s- churches live so much from the neck up mm-hmm. that relationally there's a lot of immaturity, yeah. and so, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and and then a lot of like spiritualizing away, and mm-hmm. um, I'll just pray about it yeah. or. You have sin in your life. That's why your daughter's not sleeping. <laughs> oh, <Right. gosh>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone might say that, but that's not true. Um, and so it's terrifying, I think, yeah. to to bring it up. But um, I don't think I answered the second part of your question, though.
0: Oh, that's okay. It, it was just uh, how do churches help create spaces yeah. that kind of mm-hmm. foster this belonging mm-hmm. and vulnerability?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I, think, I think it starts from leadership mm. down um, – You know, I think when there's a pastor speaking and they're sharing something vulnerable, it helps. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, it's really classic for people up on stage to be like, I went through this really hard thing. It was awful. It was horrible. But I'm fine now,
0: right? And like, no one knows
2: like what does awful and horrible mean, and can I relate to that? And
0: um, I've said this before, but Christians are are people who are really good at saying I used to struggle, Mm -hmm. and we are really, really bad at saying I am struggling. Mm -hmm. And those are two very different statements, Mm -hmm. um, and two different levels of vulnerability. So.
2: Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, one welcomes like, oh, we there, we are the same because mm-hmm. I struggle too. Yeah, versus like, oh, how do I be like you? You have it figured out, oh, right. which is disconnecting actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. it's good.
1: When what are you seeing people do because they're afraid of loneliness? Like with other people, like what mm-hmm. are kind of those coping mechanisms? And because um, obviously we know that vulnerability is them doing it in a, a healthy way. What are people doing? Maybe that our listeners might relate to that are um, mm-hmm. because they're afraid of loneliness with mm-hmm. other people.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think the list is endless. Like- I um, I think I can tell you what I would would do is just be quiet and not, mm-hmm. you know, convince myself I don't need to talk to other parents who are like me who are struggling you know like it's yeah. very easy to i'll go read a book <laughs> <laughs> i'll do some research online um so like so withdrawing i think is yeah. a common one and then i think like i said before i think there's a lot of hustling and it's n- it's there's no place where it's more obvious than on social media mm-hmm. i mean just this morning i was looking at, at um facebook and and i noticed like this couple who who hurt they're now divorced and i'm like that's so weird. Like I know people get divorced all the time, but like like there's no process. It was like here's my great family and oh now we're divorced, yeah. you know? And so it's so such an illusion. Um and and yeah, I could spend hours scrolling and scrolling and scrolling on social media and looking at what everybody else has and um I think it's easy to you know, use substances, use food, mm. use mm-hmm. media, use busyness, um, use shopping. If I have all the things that mm. make me look right, then I am right. Um, then I'll be long. Mm. Yeah, it's a million... There's so, there, yeah, I think the list is endless because mm-hmm. because to feel loneliness is painful. Mm-hmm. To feel yeah. to to walk into a place with people that as you know like in a church where the message is you belong, but I don't feel like I belong. Like yeah. that's that's so painful to to bump up against that.
1: One, mm-hmm. well, I feel like one of the areas that the church specifically has blundered, you know, is that we're so focused on that nuclear family that we've actually caused single people who have walked in the door to feel lonely. So, like, I, you know, dear, dear friends that are, like, single and doing great out in the secular Mm -hmm. world, like, don't feel totally confident. Mm -hmm. And then they come in the building, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm weird, I'm different. Like, people don't know how to interact with them. They're the other, as we, like, said in the last Mm -hmm. um, episode. Um, So, Pastor Paul, (laughs) Dr. DeWeese, Pastor Paul, um, how (laughs) – Do you think the church should work on that issue? I'll let Beth think about that if you want, or you can go first.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I think the tragedy is that the church is literally the one place that everyone is supposed to belong. Yeah. Um, That was really at the heart of Jesus' mission was all of these people who had been othered and set aside and told that their value or their worth, kind of what you were saying, all the ways that they've hustled to try to belong um, and all the ways they had church or or religion had told people they had to hustle. Um, Jesus said, none of that is actually where your worth Mm -hmm. lies, where your worth is in who God has said you are and and in your identity. And um, so I think we have to get back to some of that understanding. Um, And frankly, I think uh, a big part of it is we have to Be willing to recognize where some of our idols are. And I think the nuclear family has been a huge idol in the church. And this idea that uh, to follow Jesus means you get married and you have kids and you get a dog and you buy a home. And that's what it means to be faithful to Jesus, which he never talked about, nor did he live that way. He was single. Some of the founders of the church, these women and men who who helped propel the gospel, a lot of them were single. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of flipped it in, in our values. And so I think some of it is kind of deconstructing and, and tearing down some of those idols that we've said, this is what it means to follow Jesus, when he never actually said that that's what it is to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm.
1: Beth, do you have any thoughts?
2: Well, what I was thinking was that the, the time that I came— like face-to-face with being the most lonely in my life was when I had all the things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was married, I had my boys, and I was like, Never have I ever felt more lonely, Mm -hmm. and so, um, which I think is interesting. But we're not talking about that, of course, right? Like, (laughs) no one's talking about that. Um, But it's a reminder of like, we're not just because we have these, uh, just because we have a spouse or we have children, Mm -hmm. we are still who we are, and those actually don't define us. Shocking, I know. Yeah, they do not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being uh, having roles is not does not define who I am. when you're a single, you get to be defined in a church. Oh, you're single, right? Like that's that you. for you. Thirty-five uh-huh. and up, uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh, yeah. Which is funny because like, we're all adult humans. Like we can mm-hmm. all learn from each other, and we have shared experience, whether we have a marriage certificate or not. Yeah, you know, it's not, and it's it's not different. I don't, I don't know, but I, I'm sure there's a lot of similarities for men and women who are divorced here and who are single yeah. after True. after mm-hmm. marriage yeah.
1: well, and i think that the reason why there is such a focus on marriage as a whole in society is because so that way you don't have to worry about belonging to yourself mm-hmm. because then you're like no i have this person yeah. like we'll always be together <laughs> like it'll be the notebook we'll kiss in the rain every day like i can't be lonely um yeah, that, it turns think, out that's not how it happens.
0: Is, is the technical term for that enmeshment? Is that what it, <laughs>
2: I feel like there's definitely a term
0: for that. Codependency yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. comes to Okay, that. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think you're right. And, the, and I, maybe that actually segues us into that conversation of belonging to self because – I know you said this earlier but so many times we try to find that belonging with others we think that's the solution mm-hmm. but really before we can find that it does take some sort of belonging to self. So what does that look like to belong to self?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's an ongoing process, mm. you know, I, w- I where I would have said, "Oh, yeah, I definitely belong to myself." Now, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, I think now it looks different. Yeah. Um I think it's it's the daily work of Attending to self, of knowing how I'm feeling, um, my, you know, how that impacts me, um, yeah, I think it's just this. I think it's a working out, of, yeah. Like, like the definition said, like it's a spiritual practice of continual, continually looking mm-hmm. um, inward. Mm. And I would say, as a Christian, that God resides mm. <laughs> in the looking inward. Yeah. yeah. Um, other people would say different but um yeah
0: no i i think that that's helpful because when i think of um belonging to self and that kind of introspection looking inward i think a lot of people get very fearful of that Mm -hmm. some i i I don't think we've like equipped people to do that well Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. ironic because the church has numerous practices of spiritual disciplines that are designed for that Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe we could talk about some of those but i I think maybe a barrier to even trying that is a lot of times when people are introspective and look inward, they don't like what they see mm-hmm. and they're filled with shame or doubt or, um, the sense of longing that they're not enough. And so, um, for someone that, that might be in that space that, you know, the encouragement to look inward, they're feeling this shame about either things they've done, mm-hmm. just who they are or th- things that have happened to them and been done mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Um, how would someone go about that process of, of belonging to self and, and navigating and working through some of those things.
2: Well, of course I think therapy is always a good idea. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but I think we can do it by ourselves as well. Like mm. I think it's, um, I, you know, I think that a few things, a thing that I was thinking about as we were talking to is I think, when I think of 12 step groups, mm. I think they have it figured out in a lot of mm. ways. Like they it, you belong when you walk in those rooms. You can show up however you want to show up. Um and you sit there and you're connecting to yourself, you're connecting to the group, you're connecting to God because they are spiritual programs. Um like I that's I think of that comes to mind a lot mm. for mm-hmm. me that there's so much healing in just walking into those rooms mm-hmm. and and listening to people's stories um, because i think that one for reasons we may not even understand we're afraid of, to get quiet right like mm-hmm. i don't want to get quiet or we fill the space with with like spiritual practices that actually disconnect us from self yeah um, you know, I'm just going to pray for everyone I've ever met my whole entire life right now, and <laughs> yeah. that's my 30 minutes uh-huh. done. Yep. You know, or I'm going to read this devotional, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with reading a right. devotional, but it is – it's it's not I, – I could read it and never connect it to myself. Yeah. Um, getting quiet can feel scary. Mm. To know self feels, for whatever reason, it can feel scary. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to look at this stuff that I – Usually it's the feelings that I don't want to feel. Yeah. It's not even necessarily an experience. It's mm. these feelings that I'm trying to keep at bay.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Often it's shame. You know, shame says shame tells us to hide what well, we it's very hard to like hide and lie and deny and avoid and belong. Like yeah. it's very hard for those to coexist.
0: That's so true. Yeah cuz I going back to your earlier definition that that sense of belonging is this honesty true authentic mm-hmm. self and if we have trouble accepting our true authentic self then yeah if we're hiding all of those things then we're never going to be able to to get to that mm-hmm.
2: so. And I do think there's this sense of like arrival like oh I have to know myself uh, and and like and it's you never do like yeah. it's like mm-hmm. It's always unfolding. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's this pressure, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to, like, go, you know, I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to feel what comes up. And it's going to wash over me. I'm going to be totally overwhelmed. It's never going to end. And then I will never <laughs> achieve anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Which isn't
2: what happens. But
0: no, totally. that's the fear. Mm -hmm. And I think even just on a practical level, we live in a society that's so busy, that's Mm -hmm. so distraction oriented, that constantly puts stuff in. I mean, we have Netflix. We can watch whatever we want for as long as we want. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to bypass or Mm -hmm. or to avoid um, some of this introspection. Um, But all of those things actually don't provide the rest or the longing that Mm -hmm. we're looking for
2: and and it's really common especially in christian circles to say like that's not valuable work mm, um right. like we should be about other people mm. um and the truth is that it's when we do the work we are so much more available to others absolutely mm-hmm.
0: I'm struck by the number of times it tells us that Jesus retreats Mm -hmm. to be by himself. To a lonely
2: place. To a lonely place, (laughs)
0: to the wilderness, to the the actual word. Yeah, the lonely place. Mm -hmm. So he could be by himself and not have to... And yet we... We say there's something wrong with that for people. Mm-hmm. If, if as a Christian you're supposed to die to self, which means for some reason that you're supposed to constantly give of yourself till you have nothing left, which wasn't yeah. what Jesus did. It's and there's a like yeah, it. not biblical mm-hmm. or healthy. Mm-hmm. So, Alyssa, do you have any thoughts?
1: Um, I was just thinking that Jesus also took naps on a boat. <laughs> he was true. just living his life, you know. Yeah. That I was like, sometimes I take naps because Jesus did it too. Yeah, so same. It's
0: discipleship. Like Jesus. W-W-J-D. <laughs> That's right. Take a nap. Yeah. It's discipleship. <laughs> um, which I think, yeah, then maybe that kind of transitions us into to a, a, the final step, or, or not step, I guess, but part, piece of this belonging, but belonging to God. Um, mm-hmm. And so what, is, what does that look like for, for mm-hmm. us to mm-hmm. explore and navigate? How do we belong to God?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this is where, like, what... Um, we had mentioned before about, like, I grew up really hearing that, like, the message drilled into me was, you are a horrible human being, mm. except right. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Which, okay, like, there's some scripture to I get that. Yeah. Um, the depravity of man is real to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um I like to say the de- depravity of man keeps me in business, so
0: <laughs> you you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't throw it all out. Yeah, but
2: um, but I so so growing up, it was this sense that I have nothing to offer. Right, like God doesn't need to know me. Mm-hmm. I just I'm supposed to know God, and it's yeah. just it's unidirectional you know it's one way um and it wasn't until my early 20s where i realized oh wait oh wait i was created by the divine Uh image bearer of the divine maybe there's more to the story yeah and that's when when for me my relationship with god actually like had some life to it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it wasn't just about i'm supposed to do all these things like there is a dynamic relationship that happens and that and that no matter what I do or what I've done or what I don't do um, my value doesn't change because i am an image bearer of god
0: yeah mm-hmm. i think that's so well said and it might make some people uncomfortable hearing yeah. that because i think we have ingrained this mm-hmm. this idea that you know I, I think of the passage from isaiah that that even your best things that you do are like filthy rags and mm-hmm. all you know there's all that language that we use and yet if you look at the story of scripture we were created in in the image of god just as you said um, that's our primary identity and the the story of scriptures that we were created in the image of God, and we've been marred or maybe tainted by sin. Mm-hmm. And I think our even our definitions of sin are, are very unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's not our core identity um, mm-hmm. that that it's an effect that that has been done to this image of God. But there's still the primary identity that we were created in the image of God. And God said that was good. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people who grow up in the church have trouble saying that God says I'm good. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the first things that God says about mm-hmm. us in scripture. Um, and Alyssa, I don't know if you've had any experiences with that. I know you've grown up in the church too, or any thoughts?
1: Yeah, well, I um, I took uh, a class in college, Biblical Themes of Shalom, um, and the professor this is i guess a spoiler if you're going to take his class um the right answer is always go back to the garden hmm. um so any if you're just like not sure it's just the answer is go back to the garden um and so you think about like i just have this image of like god and adam walking together hmm. and being in a relationship and i cannot imagine that adam is just like god talk to me and tell me about these things you know that hmm. um you know, God's like, "Hey, what'd you name that animal?" And he's like, "Elephant. What do you think?" And he's like, "That sounds good." You know, like they're having a conversation. Um and that was healthy. And but even in the garden when things were perfect, um Adam was lonely, right? Mm. And then that is when God created that companionship. Mm. And so it is fully healthy and normal to be in that Bilateral, I guess I would say, like relationship with mm-hmm. God as well as relationship with other people. Because mm-hmm. I think so often, I remember, you know, in, in high school, going through a really lonely time, and my youth leader, in the best of intentions, right, said, "Well, that is God's gift to you to go to Him." You know that that was the like I was like, <laughs> that "Oh, I'm God feeling
0: would solve your loveliness. yeah that like yeah.
1: I don't have any friends to sit with that lunch, and so mm-hmm. I'm. Supposed to go to the bathroom and pray? Like I'm not sure what you mean, but like that, but that was the her response. Mm-hmm. It's like this is God trying to get you to go towards Him. Um, and I was 17 and like didn't you know? I was like okay,
0: yeah.
1: um, but in reality, like we are supposed to be in a relationship. That is also what is good, mm-hmm. and we we're supposed to be in relationship with God, going back and forth.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's interesting that the only thing, and Beth, I may have heard you say this before, but the only thing God says that is not good pre-fall is that for us to be alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet we're in perfect relationship with God in that moment. And yet there's still something that we're lonely. So Mm -hmm. it's actually the one thing, um, that God has created in us not to be solely filled by him. And Mm -hmm. I would say it's probably the only need, um, that we can't find solely in him. He, he created us for community and connection and belonging. Mm Um, so do you have anything to maybe add to that? I don't want to steal your words. And <laughs> no, take no you them. did not steal my <laughs> okay. words.
2: I think of um, I think this is really hard to do sometimes, but I think um, viewing loneliness as an invitation hmm. uh, can can be helpful sometimes to welcome that pain that hmm. um, which sounds counterintuitive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's already there. Like yeah. the, the truth is that it's already yeah. there and uh-huh. we spend a lot of time masking it. Yep. And and if we can identify that we feel lonely, it's an invitation to go deeper. Hmm. What is happening? Um what do I need? And it is a holy experience. Feeling lonely is not about sin. Right? right? Like I think that's what you're saying yeah. is it's th- there is a holiness about that that God is with in that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I've heard Um, people say this before, but Jesus himself experienced loneliness and he Mm -hmm. is perfection. Mm -hmm. And so again, it can't be tied to this idea that there's sin or something wrong with us. Um, but that we all desire this and have this longing for to belong, um, with others and self and God. Yeah. So, for people who are maybe interested in exploring some of this a little more, what resources would you kind of point them to uh, aside from this podcast?
2: <laughs> <laughs> nothing. nothing else. No. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, there are, you know, if you were to Google or like go to Amazon and go loneliness and books, I'm sure there's a million books. Yeah. Um, I, you know, anyone that knows me knows that I'm a big Bernie Brown fan mm. and um, she talks a lot about it and any of her literature. Um, she will name it mm. and give guidance in terms of what to do with that. Yeah. Um, so that's a resource I would always give.
0: Yeah, that's great. And then I know we mentioned earlier, like, uh, spiritual disciplines and things that can maybe help here. Um, I know, and I totally agree with you. There are some that actually detract and take us away from this introspection and and looking towards self. What are maybe some that would be helpful for someone to, to try on a Mm -hmm. Friday morning or Mm -hmm. evening?
2: Yeah. I actually think most of the spiritual disciplines, the ones that I can like think of off the top of my head would probably be helpful. You know, I guess spiritual disciplines are connecting by nature. Um, Versus like just reading a book, which Mm. can be like, or even just like reading the Bible because you're trying to get through it in a year, you know, like that's not necessarily like a connecting experience. Mm. Um, But I think of things like contemplative prayer. Mm. Uh, So I think music can be really powerful, um, whether that's, you know, whatever kind of music Mm -hmm. that is. I think of connecting... to body you know either through exercise or dance mm-hmm. or things like that i think those can actually be spiritual practices absolutely yeah that because we are created you know heart mind soul and body and we are when when those things are as integrated and connected as we can make them that's we can experience yeah, ourselves absolutely.
0: and god the mm-hmm. most yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think so many people have this vision that they have to sit in a chair in a corner <laughs> <laughs> with a lamp and like, coffee, and that's how you connect with God.
2: But take a picture right? Ex- of yeah, it. Excuse me, on gotta,
0: Instagram, yeah. <laughs> you got to keep that hustle up. <laughs> but yeah, you can go for a hike or a walk yeah. or a run mm-hmm. or a bike ride or mm-hmm. all of those things, and, and connecting uh, the physicality of, of our bodies to our spirituality. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we've we've dissociated those, and so mm-hmm. bringing them back together can be very Connecting and belonging. Mm-hmm. So, any uh, last thoughts for us to kind of wrap this conversation up?
2: So, I do have one quote that I just read in a new book called You Are the Best Thing. Okay. It's by Tarana Burke and Brene Brown. And the quote is about healing. And it hmm. says, healing brought me into a face to face confrontation with belonging. With the strategies I had developed to hide, the stories I told about not needing anyone that made the hiding easier. Healing had me admit that it was closeness I wanted, love and relationship and family who didn't ask me to hide. Wow. Which, it's a high call.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to the Monday Morning Phone Call podcast. We hope that this show will spark conversation and that you'll share this episode with a friend. Join us on Instagram at WaterstoneCC and Facebook at Waterstone Church to continue the conversation and share your thoughts and opinions with us. This podcast is hosted by me, Paul Joslin, and Alyssa Frisby.
1: Today's show is edited and mixed by Luke McCready, produced by Emily Kloss, and the graphic was designed by Lane Gerkink special thanks to Beth DeWeese for joining us and sharing her research and wisdom. We'll be back sometime later this year with season four.